Hello and good evening. Welcome to Nikki's a Big Girl. I'm your host, Nikki, and I am in fact a big girl. I I did some big girl things this week, guys, and uh, I think you guys will be proud of me. And um, I'm not going to lie, it did make me take a couple naps. Doing a lot of big girl things, making big girl choices. I had to nap a couple times. <laughs> But uh, sorry for the delay in putting podcasts out this week. It is officially Monday. I know normally we do these Sunday, uh, but as we progress in the episode, you guys are going to hear a little bit about what I was doing yesterday and and why uh, some things got delayed. So let us dive in. I hope you guys had a wonderful week. I hope you had a wonderful Valentine's Day. If you got what you were hoping for, chocolates, wines, other alcohols, uh, I hope it was everything that you wanted. And if it wasn't, then I hope next year is going to be better for you. So that's, I guess the best thing you can do is when something doesn't work out the way you originally plan, whether it be something as extravagant as a holiday like Valentine's Day or even something as simple as your outfit choice. There's always that mentality of trying again. I think that's my driving force is, well, that didn't work. Let's try something else. And I'm not going to lie, that can be exhausting. Um, This week's episode is home is where the heart is. (laughs) And yes, that is a questionable statement for me because home, home is where the heart is. It's a saying that we know we've heard a million times and, and for most of us really do, no pun intended, take it to heart. Um, home is a driving force for a lot of people, either being home, going back to home or creating a home. These are this is a big thing. We're, we're taught pretty early on in our lives that this is a big deal. And um, it's looking a lot different these days than it did for our parents, uh, our grandparents, and hell, for most of us. <laughs> uh, this includes me. But this, this unconventional life is just not without its hurdles. And <laughs> let me tell you, I have just trying to sell that conventional house, brick and mortar house that I'm not going to lie, is a good house. I remember walking into that house when it was for sale with my mom, when we were looking at it and we both immediately just, our hearts were home. And that's the feeling. That's what that phrase is. Home is where the heart is. When you go inside, your heart just beats differently. It's, I love the, the other phrase too. It's, um, home is where the Wi-Fi connects automatically. <laughs> if you're like me, that's also a great thing. Great internet coverage is, is wonderful. And that, that was something my home had. And just trying to sell that home now and having little hurdles come up. They're not little in some regards, um, but as a seller, it's just stressful. and. I I just, oh man, and if you've ever sold a home, part of you 
just really wants to be done. And then you compound, for me, it compounds. I'm not just wanting to be done. I'm wanting to be done so I can move on and move into the next chapter of my life and creating a new home for only me. There's always, (laughs) there's always something. And, you know, with, with deciding to, to go down this path and, and just having this unconventional idea of home now, it brings with this, this ton of information that I have learned. And I don't think there's a single day that has gone by that I have not learned some new angle to living life in a travel trailer or convention van, a conversion van, anything. I haven't moved into the next phase yet. So it's like, what does that next phase look like? So I've been spending, (laughs) I've pretty much spent an insane amount of time, probably since January on YouTube, watching so many YouTube videos on Um, living in an RV, living in a travel trailer, how to maintain those conversion vans, how to build them, how to wire them. You would think I would be some kind of expert on building my own conversion van at this point, but I'm going to tell you right now, no. (laughs) I think watching those YouTube videos has only made me uh, more terrified of electrical work, and I have a hard earned newfound respect for electricians, solar panel technicians, plumbers, (laughs) mechanics. And if I hear somebody go, I built this myself, I'm just like, wow, you're genius. (laughs) And I'm not saying that ironically, these people are probably genius level IQ. And uh, thinking of ways that I can make it on my level that I can intelligently build my own conversion van and watching these YouTube videos, I'm just blown away. And as much as I would love to just I mean, literally be off and rolling, I'm, I still have to wait on, on my house and for it to close. And as a house seller, if most of you who are listening, um, have ever sold a house, there's, it's, there's a pretty long closing period. It takes weeks to close because paperwork, titling, documentation, in inspections, appraisals, septic stuff, there's just a ton of, of steps that go into a closing. And when I decided back in December to sell um, the house that my mom and I bought and renovated together, it was it was something that I had spent a while thinking about because it was just too much house for me. And honestly, the fact that half of the essence of that space was just gone. I, uh, I felt like I was this, this little kid playing house, you know, like none of it was really real and it was all just plastic wear. And, and I was just, pretending, you know, like who, this was so much house, like what was I going to do with it? And uh, my brother at the time was living with me and, you know, if, if he moved out, what would that even look like? It would just be me in that house. There was three bedrooms, an upstairs and a downstairs, a full garage. And there was stuff everywhere. And I think it took 
over a month of me working around the clock pretty much from the time I woke up to the time I went to bed and even sometimes in the middle of the night just organizing boxing doing donation runs and my neighbor helped too so much she came by often and just helped that I couldn't I couldn't believe how much stuff was acquired in my life and my mom's life too it wasn't all just mine a lot of it was my mom's uh my brothers they took the some stuff and um and and things that nobody wanted you know uh was was donated I, one brother got her art um her artwork and stuff like that she was amazingly talented at drawing i mean just uh, i wish she'd have pursued it and the fact that this other half of this house essence was just missing I, everything was just off everything was off and i felt like an imposter, like, it, like why, you know, it was, yeah, I just, I felt like an imposter because I had this big house for only me. Why? Why did I have that? Why did I, I didn't want to live like that. That wasn't what I wanted. When I pictured home in my head, it was always just, just big enough, just big enough for me. And, and when I was younger, it would be like my husband, but I never really pictured that type of house I had. It would just, home always felt like it was just big enough for me. And whatever that meant, it makes sense in, in my head. <laughs> and now looking at that house, it didn't feel like home. It didn't feel right. It was cold to me and, and it was funny. I used to always complain. The heater was always turned up. The house was warm. My brother who was staying there at the time would always complain that it, he was roasting, but I could never get warm in that house. I was always freezing. And, um, some of that is, is trauma. And, and I know that looking back, but that played a part of it is nothing felt right. And I felt trapped. I couldn't get warm and I couldn't get comfortable anymore. Nothing was comfortable. My bed that I loved, it was my, it was so comfortable. I looked forward to my bed now felt like a brick and I hated it. And my bathroom that I, that I loved and, and my bedroom that I loved, I didn't want to be in them. And the living room was like the only place I could really just stay, but yet I never wanted to leave my house. And the house itself, like, please don't listen to this and think my house was some terrible place. My house is a beautiful house. It's it's a wonderful home. And the the people who are buying it are going to love it there. It's got a great yard. The neighbors are awesome. And the whole neighborhood is actually really chill. The town is, there's only 700 people in my town. So <laughs> it's actually a really chill place. But that house just felt so foreign. And I felt so out of place in this big house, it was just me and Hannah. And I had three whole bedrooms, a full garage and bathrooms and an upstairs and a downstairs. And I just didn't, I didn't need it. And I didn't want to be there anymore. So now, <laughs> you know, I am mid closing on my house and it's been delayed a couple times and it may be delayed again, which is, I hear, 
actually pretty standard. <laughs> and uh, I, that that part makes me feel better. Um, the the delay though was was odd. It wasn't that it got delayed, but how it was delayed was weird. January, the end of January, my realtor towards the end had texted me and was like, hey, we haven't got an appraisal yet done on your house. If we don't get one soon, it may delay closing because I was supposed to close February 11th, I think. And I was like, oh yeah, no big deal. We'll get one. And literally like an hour later, she's like, oh, hey, we got one. Great. So yeah, she's going to do it this weekend. We'll be great. And I was like, awesome. Sweet. We'll close on time. And then the appraiser never turned in their report. I mean, at all. They just, they disappeared. They fell off of the face of the earth and just ghosted us all. (laughs) Uh, No report was turned in. They weren't returning anyone's phone calls. They weren't returning texts or emails. And uh, from what I was told, the, the company that subcontracted them out was actually starting to get worried that this person may have um, gotten harmed or maybe something worse had happened to them. And people were genuinely starting to worry. And this was super upsetting because I... <laughs> I was upset that the that they didn't turn in their report. However, I was more upset that something may have happened to this person. And that, you know, you feel, if you're like me, I started to feel guilty that I was annoyed that they didn't turn in their report because it's like, this person could seriously have something wrong with them and you're mad they didn't turn in a report. That's not the important issue here. And <laughs> I was kind of like lecturing myself in my head about how I should be more upset that this person uh, may not be okay than my closing being delayed. And <laughs> thankfully, uh, the the appraiser did turn up. However, closing was already delayed. So <laughs> closing was delayed and it pushed off. Um, my realtor was like, hey, we'll just push it out to the end of the month or sooner. And so it got pushed out. And my realtor called me this week and she's like, Hey, good news. The appraiser turned up. So now I'm just annoyed. The appraiser just disappeared and ghosted us just for the sake of ghosting us, I guess. But thankfully they are safe and they turned in their report, which yay. (laughs) That's awesome. Now we can close, right? No, we're delayed again because even though the appraiser turned up and turned in their report, there were some serious, serious flaws uh, to the report. And the realtor is now having to have it reviewed, which means another possible delay, (laughs) which it is what it is. And it's funny because I'm trying to get this sense that this type of chaotic energy is happening mostly I think it's the universe's way to just kind of teach me to try to be more, more, um, flexible with hurdles. I, and God bless my brother. He listens to me cry anytime. (laughs) Listen, I cry a lot. Everyone, I'm a cancer. We cry, (laughs) but my brother, he listens to me, uh, cry 
sometimes when we're on the phone, I'll just start crying when I tell him about my frustrations or something because he is a saint, but he is also, um, you know, he's, he's my big brother. I turn to him for wisdom and advice. And when I got that news from the realtor, I was ready to roll. I was like, fine, whatever these flaws are, these flaws, I'll accept them. Let's move on. And my brother was like, hold up. Uh, no, <laughs> let's look at this logically. And he gave me some sound advice to take back to the realtor. And, and now we're hopefully going to get this uh, appraisal reviewed and, and hopefully make some traction in the right direction and, and, get it fixed the way it should and have it look uh, better and have it look the way it should. So as we're closing in on the closing date, which please say a prayer, light a candle for me that it all goes well. I'm, I decided this last weekend, which is why the delay. Um, I decided this last weekend to take my online shopping to in-person. Well, it's a hybrid. <laughs> uh, I visited a few places this weekend, and I'm very excited, um, but I also kind of got a little disappointment. Um, some things kind of came to light that I learned about with conversion vans, and I did get to meet a builder this weekend. I reached out last week regarding uh, like their website. You can do the contact us, and I reached out to a builder up in Bellevue, and we got to kind of do a little... Um, uh, I say virtual, it was like a Zoom call and made some other inquiries as well. But I learned, so I got a lot of information now, a lot more than what YouTube gave me, which is nice because YouTube, it teaches a lot, but it does sometimes miss the fine points, I think, with uh, the topic that I look up. And <laughs> 99% of the new information I got was actually pretty disappointing. Uh, a lot of people that I, that I, um, well, I say a lot of people, this, this van builder specifically had mentioned common problems, which was my theme. I'm like, listen, I don't care about the good stuff because yes, the good stuff will be there. I want to know, <laughs> and this is my anxiety talking, but I want to know the common flaws the common issues that come with van life. What are they? Do these things break down all the time? Am I going to be buying new transmissions every couple of years? Um, you know, how, how does it work? What, what tell me the bad stuff? Um, and the, first of all, let me tell you the number one disappointment for me, which surprisingly was nothing technical. <laughs> um, and I may be a little shallow, did you know that if you live in a van, a conversion van, and the police see you drinking, that is a DUI because no matter what, where you are located, the van is never considered a dwelling. So like you could live in your van, but if you, if the police see you drinking a beer or having a glass of wine, they can tag you for a DUI. Now, Obviously, the police, they don't have the greatest track record for being cool about stuff like this. So that for me was kind of a huge bummer because how is a girl supposed to have a few drinks on the weekend if I think the fuzz is going to pop out of the bushes and tag me on a DUI? No, thank you. Hard pass. I would rather get day drunk 
in a travel trailer than risk a DUI. Um, <laughs> so uh, between that and learning, a lot of mechanical problems actually do happen with some of these vans. Um, one one builder that I, I had a phone call with, um, or not builder, excuse me, seller, she had explained that her van, although a very reliable van, diesel, because of the extra, um, like the electrical stuff with it being an inverter where they worked from their van all the time, they were always having problems with running out of battery. And so they had to upgrade their battery, which cost like thousands of dollars. And so that kind of sucked at hearing that. And it's like, okay, well, I work from home and and I know these are kind of small things, but one person had said, depending on uh, the van, they had had warranty issues for the first two years of their van. And so they had their, um, they I can't remember what it was now, but they, they had to take their van back several times, but they had to have it towed back because it would break down on them on the road. And so like, as I was kind of getting some more information, I, I kind of started to think about it and I was like, between trying to rebuild my health, rebuild my life, and just trying to figure this all out, do I really want to add the anxiety of mechanical issues or wiring issues? One person has, uh, oh, that was the other one, is this guy that I talked to. He had a, a really nice Mercedes van it didn't have high mileage or anything, and it was the second one. So he was actually selling it because he was, um, he was getting an, uh, a a Dodge, Dodge Promaster, and he said his issue that he had with his first van is he had mice. He they had because it's a warm van and the undercarriage usually stays warm. He said he had a, a diesel heater, and. Um, it would stay warm, but he found that, that a mouse would get in and then he'd have like a couple mice that were just kind of in the van and he was constantly having to like trap them. And that was kind of weird because I, I don't know. I mean, maybe he was just staying stationary long enough, but that, that was also a no for me. Mice are cute. I do not want to share space with them. (laughs) I do not want disease or stuff and you know like I don't want them hurt but I also don't want them in my where I'm living so hard pass no thank you um (laughs) so I I made it I made a a pivot and I decided I I took in uh with the the guy from Bellevue the seller the other girl and then uh there's a TikToker she's a plus size lady too so I touched her I touched (laughs) I messaged her and had asked, and she was like, for her, she was like, the cons are far outweighed by the pros. And she's like, I don't, you know, I don't care. I'm going to risk it. And she's had her van break down a few times on her and she's had to have it towed off. And, and she's like, it, it doesn't matter to me. It's worth it. And so for her, it works and she doesn't care. So she had nothing but good things. But for me, I don't like dealing with mechanical stuff. And like my anxiety is rolling at like an eight or nine all the time lately. So I had to take control and I changed the plan and I decided that I'm going to go the travel trailer route instead. And 
I would honestly, guys, I found one this weekend that I love, but I am still not done with my house. So I had to constantly remind myself that I was there to touch and not buy. (laughs) I had to constantly keep saying to yourself, do not talk to the sales guy. Do not go into the office because you will start signing paperwork and then you will have a travel trailer before your house is even sold and you do not have the budget for this. So (laughs) I had to, I had to really um, stop myself. And there were sales guys wandering around. They were watching me because I was, I was walking, I walked into every trailer on that lot and I walked around in it and and um, I got in showers and I, there were some showers that were nice. It was like, I mean, I wasn't hosting a dance party, but some of the showers on the forest, no, the Winnebago's, they were actually pretty spacious. One was a whole, whole ass shower. It was a fifth wheel and a, it had two bathrooms. It was a giant, it was like the longest, like, legally I think the longest is like 45 feet and let me tell you this thing was 45 feet it had space for a toy hauler meaning you can like put your motorcycle your ATV or your even your car some people do in it and it had two bathrooms a master bedroom a loft bedroom a full kitchen uh with an island and a pantry that you could walk into. This thing was massive. And all I could think about while I'm in there is like, how the hell much is this thing? <laughs> and it was about a hundred grand for that trailer, which like, if you have a hundred thousand dollar loan, how is it in our country, in our state <laughs> that I could get a loan for $100,000 for a travel trailer but I could not buy a home for that. And even if I could, the closing process on the house would take weeks, if not months to do. I'm just, (laughs) I think something is broke, (laughs) y'all. I think something may be a little bit broken, but you know, it it really did lead me to asking myself, even if I could, which I can't, I've been on realtor.com and I've looked, there are homes in this country anywhere between some of them as cheap as like 19, 20 grand for as little as 50, 60,000. And I've found them. They are not the nicest homes and they definitely need some work, but for that price, you could, you could put the work in and make it uh, a nice little house. But it did bring me to the question. And, and honestly, I, I remember standing in that, that last fifth wheel sitting on the the cute couch that was in there because yes I did I sat on every couch that was available every chair and I like the recliner I was kicking it y'all I spent the whole I spent at least three hours wandering in and out of RVs sitting down and chilling out and I'm gonna say like it was actually kind of fun (laughs) but it really did get me asking myself as I was sitting in that fifth wheel with my feet up (laughs) what does, what does home look like now? You know, it's, it brings the question, like I said, that, that fifth wheel was a hundred grand and that was on sale. That was on like, they, you know, how the dealers, they do that cute little, you know, you know, MSRP price is blank. It's sale price is blank. And the sale price was a hundred grand 
And being in that RV, knowing what I've seen on realtor.com about houses in Chicago and Texas, Arizona, hell, even some out here in Washington for 50,000, 20,000, you know, it, it just, I had to really sit and think, you know, is this, is this really what I want? Do I really want to live in a trailer or a van or wherever I end up? Is this what home is going to look like now? Is this the person that I'm going to be? Um, what happens, you know, in the living in a travel, what happens if I, if I can't be where I'm staying at, then where do I go? Like, it's not like you own it. If you buy a house, you are on it. You're on that property. But if you are in a travel trailer, you don't own the property. You're just renting it. So like, what, what does that look like? And is this what I want it to look like? Um, and where do I want it to look like? <laughs> like that got me like, where even is home now? What does home even look like? And I honestly, I don't know yet. I don't know. And I plan finding out. I plan to get my trailer or van, but I think it's going to be a trailer now, guys, because, oh, geez, some of my thing is, I just like baking. I like baking pie and I like baking cakes and I like baking stuff for people. And these little travel trailers, they have these cute little ovens and stuff that you can still bake in. And honestly, that's kind of a driving factor. Once I saw that, I was like, wait a minute. That's actually something I didn't factor in with the van. I can't make everyone baked goods. (laughs) But... I know wherever my home is, where whatever my home looks like, I just know I want there to just be plants everywhere. I want my house to smell like fresh baked cookies or cake or whatever. I want good internet. I want dog park access. And honestly, I love Washington for its coffee. But I really just want sunshine. (sighs) I want sunshine so bad. And the days, they're getting longer. I'm telling you, I love every moment of what's happening right now with spring and summer coming. And I'm telling you, I cannot wait to have a hot day outside of my trailer where I can barbecue a steak, drink a beer, and just watch the sunset, you know? And I know some of y'all, it may not look the same as mine, but I know some of y'all are thinking something a lot like that. And I hope whatever your home looks like, I hope you love it. And so this week's challenge, as we come to a close on my podcast, and again, please cross your fingers for a close on my house soon, (laughs) hopefully this week, but I'll keep you posted. I want you guys this week to look at the favorite thing about your home. What is your favorite thing about your home? Just take some time to really look at home and appreciate all you did or you and your partner to make it that way. However your home, actually I say however, whatever your home looks like to you, just appreciate the fact that that is your home and you did that and appreciate your hard work. And so I hope 
this week is kind to you. I hope this week is good to you. I hope it's good to me. (laughs) And this is me signing off. So thank you again for tuning in. Um, If you want to share your last week's challenge, uh, or excuse me, this week's challenge, if you want to share your challenge for the week and what home looks like to you or what your home or what your favorite thing about your home is, I would love to hear it from you. Again, you can email the pod. That is Nikki is a big girl at gmail.com. Again, thanks for listening, guys, and I will see you next week. Mm-hmm.